Uh, I have lived in the Portland area for almost two years, and this is actually my first chance out in Hillsboro. Uh, so I'm getting to know this place. It, it really feels like I could live in this area for a long time and there would be so many corners to discover, so many places to go deeper. And I, I wonder, you know, it's starting to feel like home here, but I, I know that I'm also in a place of in between two years actually isn't that long. And I want you to know I actually first preached on this topic uh, learning to be a guest about a year ago. I did my congregational internship at First Unitarian downtown in Portland. And Reverend Ben thought it would be a topic that you all would find interesting. And so I'm doing a little bit of a redo, but it's, it's interesting because a lot has changed in the past year. Um, originally, I was grappling with my status as very much a newcomer to the Pacific Northwest, and I'm a little bit less of a newcomer. I, I moved here in 2021 to do that internship, and I didn't know what would come next. And this past year has been a year of rooting down deeper, building a sense of home and community here. I feel much less like a guest than I did before. I know the names of more birds now. I know that camellias are the flowers that bloom brightest in early spring just before the cherry blossoms start. I know the best summer picnic spots. I have a coffee shop I go to where the baristas notice if I haven't been in a couple weeks. I don't walk as fast on the streets as I learned to when I was living in Boston. But all of this being true, I still want to cultivate a sense of being a guest. I am not quite sure what it means to call a place home, to have a sense of belonging, but I, I think this guest mindset can help me for a long time. And so that's why I want to bring it here today, even if you all have lived here a long time and maybe some of you are even from this area, there's, there's still this idea that we're guests on this planet. So I want you to join me in this exploration this morning. Because in our spiritual communities, we talk a lot about hospitality, I think. It's a really beautiful spiritual practice. Uh, radical hospitality is a word that gets thrown around a lot, and Lois's story is such a great example of, in the Jewish tradition, this emphasis on hospitality, bringing the stranger into our home, you know, giving generously, no matter our means, because it's the act of giving that's more important than what we actually give. And we see this in a lot of traditions. In the Christian Bible, in Romans 15:7, there's a quote that says, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you. So that's, that's really important. And the Quran says, it is righteous to spend of your substance out of love for Allah, for your kin, for the needy, for the wayfarer, for all who ask. In Buddhism, there's a Theravadan text that says, a guest is a field of merit. So you can plant seeds in this field of merit and it's an investment in the spiritual growth and the happiness of everyone. So I look at these wisdom traditions and I'm really inspired, but I wonder about what it is like to be the guest because it talks so much about hosting and generosity, but what about when we're receiving that? I think truthfully, all of us play many roles in our lifetimes. So we might want to develop philosophies and practices around not only hosting, but also being guests. I see in many communities that I have been a part of, we find it much easier to imagine ourselves in that role of host. 
I wonder if this is because sometimes being a guest can be very vulnerable. We have to depend on another person for our sustenance. In Unitarian Universalism, when we talk about radical hospitality, sometimes we're talking about immigration justice. This is a way that we use it a lot. We want to change the cultural mindset to better welcome seekers to our shore. Or, or maybe right here in our communities, we are talking about how to welcome newcomers to our congregations and help them become a part of our community, even if they have different identities than the majority of the people already here. And these are really crucially spiritual practices for us. But sometimes I think it might be easier to imagine ourselves as hosts because we believe that we are relatively stable and stationary people. We don't imagine that we will need to be going out and seeking a new home. We may not ever be refugees. We may have already found our community. So we're not seeking a new one. And so I wonder about this power dynamic at play here. Maybe we're used to stability. We're used to you know, being the ones who have to then give generously. It's a lot like this model of charity where we have plenty and we offer to those in need. But I think all of us know that at some point or another, we will be in need. And so it's important to not just think about generously giving, but also receiving generosity with humility. I don't know if you can relate to what I'm saying, but I hope you can join me in this exploration. What kinds of spiritual practices can we develop of being a good guest from time to time? The reflective reading I shared with you offered one good starting point for this. The author argues that there is an art to being a good guest, and I would agree with him. So for Jeffrey Lockwood in this reading, a good guest asks little for those, little from those whose care they are in and appreciates everything they are given. He says, the good guest simply allows the other person to be a good host. In this model, all that needs to be given in return is gratitude. And this may be true in some circumstances. I think it's a good starting point. But there is more to it, I think. In many cultures, including my own Southern culture, a good guest makes an effort not to show up empty-handed, both metaphorically and literally. So for example, when I go over to someone, someone's house for dinner, I ask them what I can bring. Even if my host says nothing, don't worry about it, I still try to offer something. And I bring ready hands, prepared to set the table and wash dishes if my host needs it. And it is cultural. Sometimes a host will turn me down many, many times, and that's because they want to pamper me, and so I offer them that chance. But I want to add an addendum to our reading this morning. I think that a good guest doesn't need to be quiet, meek, just receiving. A good guest is about, being a good guest is about letting our hosts take the lead. We trust them to offer us what they will, trust that they will show us what they are ready to receive in return. And certainly it's not only the host's responsibility to tell stories and play music. The guest is to enter into a reciprocal relationship we have a responsibility to share the gifts we have to tell our tales of the places that we've known in our time. And so how does this transfer to being a guest in a new community, 
you move to a new city or are visiting a new country, if we are lucky, we will get many chances to be a guest in our lives. An easy place to start is by doing our research. What can we learn about the history of this community? What are the cultural values it holds? How are those values expressed in daily life? We can answer some of these questions online or in books, but the best way to learn these things is by getting to know the people who know that community, who consider it home. Therefore, I believe a guest mindset is about remembering how much we have to learn from others. Just as the stranger can be a spiritual teacher for us, like in Lois's story, so can those who welcome us into their communities. The, the host can teach the guest. When we encounter different cultural norms, different histories than the ones we are familiar with, we have an opportunity for growth. And so to summarize what I've shared so far, to arrive somewhere as a guest is to arrive humbly, ready to enter a reciprocal relationship where we let those who host us take the lead and show us what gifts of ours are needed in that space. And all that aside, that's my personal philosophy. I, I want to complicate things a bit. I think I was reflecting on what it means to be a guest and there was a piece of me that felt a bit uneasy and I wanted to share that with you all. You see, the notion of being a guest implies an invitation, a readiness on the part of the host, an assumption that the guest will not blunder in and take more than what is given. And I bring this up because sometimes it feels weird to think of myself as an invited guest. I, I have European settler an ancestry, and a lot of our history in this country is of settlement, of coming in and taking more than is given. It's not being invited. And sure, I, I was invited by the staff at First Unitarian Portland to come and serve an internship, but it still feels sticky. The people who settled this land and gave it the names that we use today were not invited to occupy it in the way that they did, and that's a legacy that still lives with us. It was really only a few generations ago that the first peoples here at the confluence of the Willamette and Columbia Rivers were displaced. White settlers swooped in to take the same land for homesteading and industry, and only a few generations before that, my ancestors sailed across the Atlantic from Europe and worked to begin the colonial project known as Jamestown, which irrevocably changed the history of this continent. Whether or not I am proud to admit it, I have inherited the legacies of these ancestors and cannot deny that they live in me still, even if I don't want that. And so even in the same way, those of us who live in Oregon have inherited the legacies of those settlers and the lineage that came after them. These legacies include the Oregon exclusion laws, which had specifically anti-black rules and policies, Chinese exclusion acts, there was the Japanese internment camps, all of these happened here and are, are part of a very mixed legacy that includes many wonderful things we're proud of as well. And so it's, it's complicated and difficult and we need to be honest about this. I'm not arguing that we are fully responsible for these lineages, we're not bad just because we're here, but when we think about these legacies, it is a bit awkward and incomplete to think of myself as a guest. And I, wanted to share that with you all. 
I want to be honest about my history, the context of the place that I am inhabiting. So guest is a hard word to embody. So in this, I skipped a page. <laughs> I'm looking for a better word to use than guest. Uh, some might use the word settler, but that's, that doesn't feel like an energy that I'm bringing intentionally. Uh, so for this, I, I turn to indigenous writers to help me think about this. There is a scholar named Ruth Colazar-Green. She's from Haudenosaunee heritage, and she has written in consultation with traditional teachers from many nations about this question, about the idea of a guest in relation to indigenous heritage in this continent. She writes, being a guest is just as much work as being a host. She makes a point of capitalizing the word guest. I think that shows the importance of it. She says, the guest learns the history and the current story of the land they are guests on. Furthermore, they politicize that understanding. They listen to and learn protocols that do not appropriate, but rather unsettle the privilege of ignorance. They use their privilege in a way that does not center themselves, but centers the community as a whole. So here she's talking about an active process towards decolonization. It's a real call to action. It has more responsibility than just receiving with gratitude. In this light, rather than thinking of myself as a guest, it might be better to think of myself as learning to be a guest. This is a practice that helps me remember that I am in a process of becoming. There's always going to be more learning to do, and it's okay to not have it figured, all, figured out yet. It's just about learning and being committed to that practice. And there is Robin Wall Kimmerer. She's a very well-known name. She's, she wrote Braiding Sweetgrass. She's a member of the citizen Potawatomi Nation. She's a bryologist by trade, so she specializes in studying moss, and it's very cool to hear her talk about moss. But she also has this essay called Becoming Indigenous to a Place. This grapples with this question from a little bit of a different angle. She writes about the figure of Nana Bojo, the Anishinaabe original man. He is this original man who has this journey to figure out what it means to be human on this earth. Tradition tells us that we should follow in his footsteps and, as he did, walk so that each step is a greeting to Mother Earth. To live this way would be to disrupt patterns of violence perpetuated by our ancestors by blood or by history. And even many of our compatriots today, there's, there's violence that we need to be disrupting. The destruction that settler colonialism has brought to this continent is an unfathomable loss. The Oregon Historical Society reports that an estimated 90% of indigenous people in this region were lost to violence and disease in the time of European settlement. This amount of tragedy is nothing short of genocide, and this same scale of loss has happened throughout our continent. And so to address this, Kimmerer writes, had the new people learned what original man was taught at the Council of Animals, never damage creation, never interfere with the sacred purpose of another being. If none of that had happened, the eagle would look down on a different world. 
The salmon would be crowding the rivers. Passenger pigeons would darken the sky. Wolves, cranes, Nahalem, cougars, Lenape, old growth forests would still be here, each fulfilling their sacred purpose. I would be speaking Potawatomi. It does not bear too much imagining, for in that direction lies heartbreak. But I need to remember that the grief is the settlers as well. They too will never walk in a tall grass prairie where sunflowers dance with goldfinches. Their children have also lost the chance to sing at the maple dance. They can't drink the water either. It's true, to imagine it is to feel heartbreak. No matter how many of us would wish to turn back the clock, we cannot undo the past. But we are alive here and now. And with, with our lives, we have a responsibility, at the very least, to not perpetuate that same violence. Whether we call ourselves host, guest, settler, something entirely different, these are not identities that we can rest in. The work is in learning to be a guest. Let's learn to listen for where we are actually invited, to offer the gifts we have that are needed, because I'm sure we all have gifts that are needed. We need to learn to ask questions, to share stories, and to keep in mind those who will be here after we are gone. We can put an effort into ensuring that the places that we live in and love are cared for for the sake of future generations. Whatever identities we hold, whatever terminology we use, it is clear that the way things are going is not working. The spirit demands that we are working towards a better tomorrow, where all are free from violence and from dichotomies of separation. Maybe learning to be a guest can help us with this. Because in the end, we are all guests in these body homes. We are guests on this earth home. Our spirits rest here for some time and then move on. This truth is inescapable, and I hope that it humbles us. We would do well to remember how impermanent, how short this life is, and to move through it as if we were re really guests. How can we listen more? How can we be mindful of how much we consume? How can we offer time and again our gifts of service, art, sustenance. How can we show gratitude better? This is a practice that I think all of us could take on for the rest of our lives. I've spent much of my time trying to figure out what being a good guest looks like for me. For there to be radical hospitality in the world, there must also be those of us who are ready, humble, and committed to the responsibility of being a good guest. This practice is work for all of us, and it is no small task. I hope we will keep at it together. I hope you'll join me. Thank you.